Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, yes, we are back. The Causeway Kings, your friend Ben, Clance, Marsh. Right now, maybe Beacon, we'll see in a little bit, but this is a good time for the Causeway Kings return. Boys, good to see you, and it's good to have you back. Great to be here. I'm with so much to talk about, man. I'm just, I'm actually just happy. Number one thing that Clance is back because let's be honest, the ratings are always up when Clance is here. <laughs> it's true. Let's be honest. It's true. He's the, he's the Ric Flair. He's the showstopper. I'm just the, you know, I'm just the side piece, which is fine, man. You know, you gotta, you gotta have, you know, a Cam Neely and an Adam Oates. So. Yeah, but sometimes that side piece is better than the main piece. Oh, you know there you I mean? go. There you go. That's what Vince McMahon uh, said. Yeah, that's it. what Vince McMahon said. You're fired. That's what he Has- said. Hashtag retire. You're hired. <laughs> Hashtag canceled. I'm yeah. retired. Hello. Uh, it's, uh, it's great to be back with you guys. Uh, it's been a pretty hectic summer so far, but um, like Meryl said, there's a shitload to talk about. Um, Bruins haven't done dick. As usual, thanks, Don Sweeney. You suck. Yeah, there's a lot going on out there, but nothing good for us. So hey, fuck us, right, Don? <laughs> going in hot. No, we we wait, 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 we traded for Pavel Zaka. <laughs> oh yeah, a guy who has had no more than 36 points a season. Yeah, fucking awesome. <laughs> Clance is in rare form already, kids. This is no, great. I, listen, listen. I I'll, I'll I I will admit, I I actually like the Palval Zaka signing, to be honest with you. I think he's a, he's a high first round pick. He's He's a young kid. He's got a lot of upside and he's also been playing in an organization that has had nobody for him to play with up until recently with Hughes. You know, that's pretty much it. You know, you got Hughes, you got Heischer. Um, I think in all honesty, I look at it this way. If the Bruins are smart enough to sign the second oldest NHL center in David Krejci, <laughs> you have <laughs> your second line. You're looking at Krejci in the middle, Pasta on the wing, and Zaka on the wing. Three checks that have all played together before. They probably all know, they all know each other really well. I think that could be a deadly second line. To be completely frank about it. I kind of agree with that. I mean, honestly, it's going to be a wild time to see. You got to love when friends finally get together in the big leagues, you know, to be able to play like that with that kind of connection. You know they've been playing on and off with each other throughout their entire playing careers. And Clance, you know, as a as a, a former college player, that chemistry is so hard to find. So I, I agree with you completely. It's going to be off the hook this year. Oh, it's, it's If you have that chemistry off the ice, it carry, carries over into the locker room carries over into the bedroom, carries over into the ice, you know? Um. <laughs> Check that one in there, too. Zinger! Uh, but I, I like it, to be honest with you. I know I haven't heard about, I think they recently, in the last day or two, went to arbitration um, for him. I haven't heard an outcome yet, but hopefully it's on the positive side. But, I mean, fuck, they're dealing with Don Sweeney, so they'll probably say, you know what, Zaka, we're not going to be able to do anything. We're just going to keep Stanika. Stanika, yeah, he's, he's got his name. What are you talking about? He's a player. He's got he's got stud right in his name. Yeah, he's got yeah, stud yeah. written all over him. But in all in all seriousness, I, I do like the fact that um, you know, Zaka is a uh, you know still a young player. Um, he does have upside. He was a high pick. He's also much bigger than Eric Hollow, who they dealt uh, traded out for. So, uh, in that respect. I think that's a real that's a real plus, and and I think he kind of gets a fresh start. I mean, he is going to be playing with better players. I mean, outside of that one year in 2018 where the Devils made a brief playoff appearance, I mean that team really hasn't been very good. It's been rebuilding. So, you know, in theory, you know, if if Krejci, you know, along with Bergeron, end up signing, I mean that's that seems like a, a pretty good top six. You know, that'll compete for the playoffs. Um, I'll tell you right now. I mean, on Monday nights at the local fair rink, three-on-three pro players, Pavel Zaka plays. And I, I took my, my oldest boy down there uh, two weeks ago, and Pavel Zaka has a lot of skill. He has a lot of skill out there, and he, he's a very confident player, which I think is going to benefit him in this system. Um, 
And if any Bruins players want to see what he's like, go down there on Monday nights and watch him. He is, he is a pretty, pretty fun player to watch. Um, hell, if you just look at a good hockey to watch, go down and watch it. It's fantastic. You got fucking Jack Eichel down there, uh, Brian Boyle, Kevin Hayes, Chris Wagner, who my son absolutely adores and actually got his picture taken with him two weeks ago. So he's up on cloud nine with that still. Oh, but, um, <laughs> that's awesome. Think Brian Dumoulin is down there. Um, Matt McLaughlin, or Mike McLaughlin, the kid from the Bruins. Yeah. Matt Boldy. I think. Matt Boldy's there. Call Connor Garland, like not like your Joe Schmo bum players from the fucking East Coast League. That's some elite high names. End. Jack Eichel. I mean, can you get any more high end or elite than that? Oh, I mean, that's a that's a great take, and you know, I, I haven't had the chance to get down there, but um, you know, I encourage anybody. I mean, everybody who I've talked to who's been down there. Uh, is just raved about it and the guys are great they sign autographs and you know take pictures and they're just you know typical like i, I know people say it's like ho-hum but man hockey players are the most down-to-earth nice people and it's almost a remarkable occurrence if you meet somebody in the hockey world who's not like that right uh, i'll tell you right now i watched it was i think it was two weeks ago we were down there one team i think had like four guys and the other team had like five and every single one of those players that came off those benches at the end of the game stopped and took pictures and signed autographs for all the kids signing hats signing journey jerseys signing pucks giving pucks giving sticks like it, awesome. they are just the greatest human beings out there that's awesome yeah. that's what that it's is, all about that's great Growing the next generation of fans is definitely the most important part of the game, if you ask me. And that's where the other sports go wrong, I think. You see plenty of other athletes give, of course, but not like the hockey community. They definitely give the best. I believe we're now being joined on the line by the one and only Beacon. Is this true? No, I'm uh, coming back from Situate, headed back to my uh, place in uh, the East Mountain Square, Quincy area. Just getting ready to talk some hockey. I had some Hot takes pent up for a while. I think the last time we did a show was the night or two before Jim Montgomery's press conference. Well, it's been a couple of weeks. So. It has. It has. And yeah, a whole I, lot has happened. Indeed. I would like to give Beacon a shout-out real quick because one thing that has happened since last we met, Beacon hosted his very own national radio show recently, and he had both myself and Marshall join in. And, Beacon, I just want to say congratulations to you because that was a great show. And uh, it was well done. That was your first one. So now you can say it's official. He's a broadcaster and a newscaster. And that's the way to be, buddy. What station was that and what show was it? That was the uh, Sports Map Radio Network. So it's not really one specific uh, one specific station. Uh, but it is one show, the Die Hards program. It's on uh, 97 stations across America, mostly ESPN, CBS, ABC stations, AP radio stations. Um, yeah, it was great. Got my beat wit on the national scene. Uh, had to turn off the Boston bias for a little bit occasionally, but I still let a little sneak out. And of course, it was great to have you two clowns on the show as well, as always having great insight on the hockey world. That's right. We do clown uh, around a bit. I, I guess, uh, hold on. Let me put you guys on hold. I'm going to go check my fucking mailbox for my invite. <laughs> you were on <laughs> Dipsalicious paid vacation. That's where you were. I was not your coaching hockey. What the fuck are you talking about, Beacon coaching <laughs> hockey? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't I coach it. in the summers. That's it. That's oh, it. Speaking of which. I refuse to. He refuses to. That's a good reason. Well, congratulations, Beacon. Just wanted to give you a shout-out for that. But now that we got uh, most of the squad here together, uh, let's let's jump into some more hockey. We're talking about the changes around the league at this point. Bruins have got lots of changes. And of course, a new coach. Jim Montgomery, we covered that mostly in our last episode. But, uh, Clance, we never really did get your thoughts on that because you were, again, on Dipsalicious paid vacation. So how do you feel about the new head coach? I'm, I like it, guys, to be honest. With you. I know some people are kind of like, oh, I don't know. I think it's a great signing. I think he, it's a new voice. And for me, the biggest seller of it is he has absolute zero ties to the Bruins organization in the past or anything like that. He's a someone from the outside coming in, completely different style of coaching in my eyes. He's a hard-nosed coach. He gets the best out of his players. Yes, has he had off-ice issues? Yeah, but who? let's be realistic. 
who in their life has not had an issue that they had to deal with. And you know what? He dealt with it. I think he's going to do great things. I, I really do. And I think the players are going to come in amped up, ready to go and play for a, a new voice in the locker I just think you couldn't go down that same route where you brought back somebody who had ties to either the local area. This reason why I like to hire the only complaint I've heard since he got here about the guy is the fact that he's, well, he doesn't necessarily the greatest quote that yet. He's a pretty quiet guy at heart, but um, that's the only complaint I've heard. They're like, oh, where's the great uh, quotes that we saw with Cassidy? I think he's going to do great things on the ice with the Bruins and he'll definitely shore up things on the special teams with their penalty kill. Um, I'm just glad they decided to take a unique route and go outside the box this time because I think it gives them a better chance at breaking the mold of just competing and then losing the first round. Uh, I mean, I like the hire, if for none other than the fact that, um, like I said, or like you guys said, outside the Bruins organization, a fresh set of eyes. Um, you know, my only, and I don't really have a concern. My thing is, is just overall, he's being put in a tough spot. He's, they want him to develop young players, which I think he will to a degree. Like Pavel Zaka has skill, but the rest of them, I mean, I'm like, de- like develop the young players. But by the way, we want you to make the playoffs. And uh, it's in, in an improved Atlantic division. I think that's a real tough spot. But um, I, I think he's going to come in and do well. And, um, I think they'll be in the mix. I, I just think that, you know, if the bottom six is all, all kids, I think that's a tough spot for uh, for him to be in. And maybe he can uh, coach him up, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's the type of coach and has the voice inside the locker room and inside the organization to be able to say to management and the, the AHL, you know, the farm team, this is what I want our top young prospects to be working on and doing when they're down there, not just going through the motions and being a, you know, an AHL player, because I feel like honestly, that's what has happened in the past. You know, they're just kind of going down there, getting the lay of the land of what it's like to be a pro hockey player, but not what it's like to be a pro hockey player at the NHL level. So I think Montgomery's going to speak his mind and get the best out of his young players. I don't think he's going to focus so much on the young players for the NHL season only because he's got a lot to kind of work out with McAvoy getting healthy, but yet McAvoy and Marsh and uh, Marshy are in fucking Italy together right now on vacation and Marshawn's hips look fine. McAvoy's shoulder looks fine. Um, I, I just think he's got to focus on the veteran plays he has to work with to get this team where they need to be until he can get all his star plays back and healthy. No, they just need to tread water. I mean, really, when it gets down to it, because um, they can't they can't afford to uh, to get off to a horrible start. Um, they got to try to tread water until the, the the rest of the you know till McAvoy and Martian, arguably the two most important players, come back. I don't even know anything about this kid that they drafted in the second round this year. Poitras. You guys? I mean, it. I mean, it was kind of going to be an obscure pick, anyways, because they didn't have a first round pick. But um, I heard he's a two hundred foot player with some offensive ability. Um, probably won't see him probably at ever. minimum till like 20, 2025. <laughs> ever? No. I mean, they they can't afford to have more guys like that, like like that that never come up and and uh, do anything. I think. I think uh, Sweeney's running out of time in that regard. He's got to uh, he's got to hit on some of these uh, on some of these picks, or at least at least get guys who are contributing at the NHL level. Well, that's to be seen, and we'll find out how that works. Let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about some of the new history that's going to be made. Let's start out in San Jose. They got a new GM and they got a new head coach. I think this is amazing for for the NHL. Mike Greer, who had had a great Obviously, you know, it was a powerhouse at BU, um, had a great NHL career, knows the game of hockey really, really well. I've actually met him a couple of times um, coaching at the Terriers. He had a son that was playing there. Um, just a super, super good guy. Um, I think this is great for the NHL, and I, I think this is great for the Sharks. Um, you know, Mike Greer, he's a little bit on the younger side, I would say, you know, compared to most GMs, but 
he he's got a he's got a niche for the knowledge of the game. He can connect with the young players. He knows how to develop players. He's been a coach in the league before. He's been a scout. Like he knows what he's looking for. I think this is fantastic, and I'm actually very excited to see what he does for San Jose. Yeah, Clance, I've met him a few times too. Uh, just talking with him in passing uh, at the Canton Sports Blocks, and he just seems like a real nice guy. And um, you know, he had a long career in the NHL. Has has played with a lot of uh you know different players uh, a thousand games in the league is, is kind of like seen it all and done it all so i, I think that gives him a, a great frame of reference and um you know i think he's gonna come in and do a great job i i, I do i i think that uh he's gonna he's going to a team that you know while it's not a legacy franchise has had a has had a reasonably successful history overall and um you know, I, I think he's going to put that uh, franchise in a position to succeed. And, and I think as a whole, if he makes the right moves in draft picks, I mean, that uh, Pacific division isn't, you know, a lockdown, like, you know, division where you've got like a lot of dominant teams like the Atlantic. So, you know, after a year or two, they could maybe make some noise, but uh, I'm really happy for him. I think, uh, like I was telling Heath Gordon, you know, good things happen to good people. And I'm, uh, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad for my career for sure. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to be in a rebuild um, for the next year or two, I feel yeah. like, because, you know, they just lost Brent Burns, who signed in Carolina, yeah. which has just made that defensive core that much better. But um, I'm really excited to see what he does. Uh, and Beacon, I'm curious to see what you have to say about it. Uh, well, I mean, you guys said it uh, pretty much all right there. Uh, it's good to see another local guy succeeding at the NHL level. I, I believe he's a St. Sebastian's grad and a BU guy. Yep. So seeing uh, this guy succeed in other uh, parts of the NHL gives definitely the local youth here reason to believe that they can too succeed wherever they go in the country. Yep, absolutely. He was actually an assistant coach at St. Seb's for a few years recently too. Uh, I, knew, I knew he had some size over there. Well, he, so. he played, he played there and then uh, obviously went on to BU, but he's been a co- He was been an assistant coach here for a few years now. Nice. Yeah, well, that's even that's even better. I haven't uh, covered St. Sebastian's in a few years, but I know that he had some great ties over there, and he's got some history, and it, it only uh, makes things even better over there for sure. I need him. Yeah, no, definitely. No doubt about it. Hey, uh, since we're doing our look around the league and the changes thus far, we can't ignore the changes in South Florida. War is to be raged, and the fire of Calgary apparently coming with them. Kachuk to the Panthers. This makes things interesting. That's, I believe, the uh, uh, the punch that they were lacking in the last playoff run, boys. Uh, well, I mean, it's um, you really get the sense looking at the Florida Panthers that they felt internally uh, that they woefully underachieved uh, because they fire their coach, uh, Andrew Burnett. They bring in Paul Maurice. They completely changed the DNA of the team. Uh, Hubert O, 115 points out the door. Mackenzie Wegar out the door. They throw in a first-round pick and a prospect to bring in uh, Matt Chuck, who basically uh, called his own shot after the Goudreau exit, which we can get into as well. And um, very interesting. I mean, it, it, it's obviously Florida feels like they need a shakeup and they were missing something. Um, I had a feeling after they didn't give Andrew Burnett like a strong vote of confidence um, after that Tampa series, you know, after he had the fourth line out with that goal that they scored with like two seconds left, I think that kind of sealed his fate and they were going to change it up. And uh, lo and behold, they get a, they get a very talented uh, 20, you know, 24 year old, 23 year old Matthew to Chuck. And um it's going to be a, it, it just makes the Atlantic division that much more. I don't know if they're actually better, but more interesting for sure. I mean, they're still going to be a good team. And um, I love the deal for Calgary. If, and only if they can sign Huberto long-term because he's a UFA next year along with Wegar. So if they could sign them both, that's a great deal for Calgary because it kind of restocks the, a little bit their lineup while they I know they're trying to sign Kadri too, but if not, I mean, you know, if they can't sign Huberto, I mean, that's a huge loss. So, I mean, it, it, it's still the, the winner of this deal, I think is still yet to be told. Obviously it's going to be decided on the ice and contractually, but um, I just, 
Here's one thing that kind of, I don't know, bring it back to the Bruins. Clancy, I just want to get your take on this and Vicon chime in too. Like you saw Don Sweeney's complete douchey answer to Ty Anderson's question on whether or not he talked numbers with Pat, um, David Pasternak. It took Matt to Chuck about 3.7 seconds to sign his six year, whatever million dollar extension. Or maybe it was more than that. It's like I think I signed it for eight years. Uh, eight years, okay. Um, but it's like it just—I I don't know. It just—it just struck me that you know that I don't know whether Sweeney's not having good negotiations with Pasternak, or I mean, we could talk about that later. But it's just something that—it's just something that kind of struck me. But uh, good for Matt to Chuck. I mean, he called the shot and uh, it was the first sign of trade in the history of the NHL. So it's uh, it's real interesting. I uh, I love the trade. I think Florida won this trade all day long. Um, I mean, Matthew Kachuk had 42 goals last year, 62 assists for 104 points. Um, he is going to tear it up in Florida, both on the ice and off the ice. God bless him. Yep. Um, he had a, he had a funny quote earlier in his press conference. You know, obviously they asked him about like the battle of Alberta and stuff. He goes. You know, I, I, I hate Edmonton. He's like, but now I hate Tampa even more. Yeah, I saw that. You know, uh, I think he's going to go in and I just think he's going to be lights out for them. I really do that. They already have a solid, solid offensive core there. Yes. Losing Huberto is a big hit, but you're, you're replacing with someone that's younger, more skilled in my opinion. I, I think they're going to win this. They win this uh, trade all day long. I love the player too. I love it. I love the makeup of the player, like the, the power forward. Like he's not afraid to throw hands if he has to. Oh, he plays like his dad, which obviously yeah. we love how his dad played. So, and he's going to play his brother in the division. That'll be, that'll be an interesting uh, matchup as well. But Pecan, what do you think? Uh, well, I mean, I'm just uh, disappointed that he, he's going to another contender. I just would rather see the Bruins land a guy like that. Of course, how the hell were they going to make something like that work? But I did see a couple of reporters out there throwing crazy trade ideas out where if they moved like 18 different pieces, they could make the, make the money work. Uh, but I just suck seeing all this action around the rest of the NHL. And the birds are just so uh, hard capped. They can't do anything at the moment. Yeah. Because they won't, can't do anything because they have Don Sweeney as their general manager. They, this is my big, mis- this is my take on that. They, they made a big mistake in my opinion, last year, when, you know, the last year, last year was the year to go young. Like the free agent class was pretty poor overall. Instead of signing Nosek, Felino, and, uh, you know, and trying to just shoehorn veterans in there, they should have, that's when they should have tried to give the kids a, a longer look, save that money for this year when there were actual players available who could significantly upgrade their team. I mean, that's, uh, that was just my that was a first guess for me but i mean they're they're in this spot now and here's the other thing like we just talked about zaka he's still in rfa he still technically hasn't been signed so that that was my thing like are we waiting for them to move out a player or two and it's just that nobody wants to trade for any of the bruins players when you've got players who are way better on the market like klingberg Kadri, amongst others or are they just, or is it just a situation with Bergeron and Krejci just haven't, they just don't feel like signing yet? Like I've, I've gone back and forth on this. Like, you know, if they're offering up Mike Riley for a fourth round pick, I don't know if anybody's going to bite on that because they know the Bruins are up against it and need to dump salary. Mm, well, unfortunately, we'll never know because it's Don Sweeney. <laughs> he just sucks. Uh, I mean, but I, I, I guess you know we should. Definitely, if we're talking free agency stuff here, we, we have to address the Johnny Goodrow signing in Columbus. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, holy yeah. fuck, did that come out of nowhere? Right. All field. you heard about, you know, once he made a statement that he did not want to re sign in Calgary, and he was, you know, everyone knew he was going to be the top free agent on the market. And, you know, you heard, you heard teams like New Jersey because he wanted to be closer to home, uh, Philly because, you know, him and Kevin Hayes are really good friends this and that, and then you had, you know, inklings of, like, the Islanders, maybe, and then fuck out of nowhere comes the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they sign them long-term, too. Yeah, I... Like, crazy. It's 
Yeah, I, I think what it boiled down to for Philly, I think Philly was his first choice, but they couldn't move the money around. They couldn't get rid of the JVR contract, the Van Riemsdyk contract. And I think, you know, that was just, they just weren't able to to, to move the money out. Kind of sounds familiar to another team where uh, we talk about. But, um, you know, and I, I really think that, you know, New Jersey wasn't a realistic possibility. Um because I think they were still in a development stage. Now they signed Andre Palat, sneaky good signing for them. I think he's going to be good for them and helping the younger forwards there develop. But, um, you know, it, it's interesting though. He, he goes to Columbus. Columbus really didn't know they were, they, they were trying to be aggressive with like trying to get in on McDonough. They get in on, on Goudreau late. They actually get him and, uh, and they, they sign Lion a too. They lock him in, but then they have to, I don't know if you saw this, but, Bjorkstrand got sent out. They had to dump his contract to Seattle. They got him for a third and a fourth round pick. I would have loved to see him on the dude, Bruins. Dude, did you hear how he did you hear how he found out? Bjork, Bjorkstrand? He was I, on his fucking honeymoon. Holy shit. <laughs> he bought a house in Columbus in, in Ohio, gets married, goes on his honeymoon, and then finds out that he's off to Seattle. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I saw, I, I thought I saw something like that, but it was from kind of a weird Twitter account. So I didn't, you know how you see stuff and you don't always take it at like face value, but wow. I mean, he's a hell of a player though. I mean, see, good about Seattle, Seattle, uh, Seattle got a steal. Now, now they get the, you know, they got him with Shane Wright and, uh, you know, Maddie Beaners, they're going to be, a, you know, they're obviously they're not going to be a cup contender, but they're, they're building it the right way. I think. What the fuck did you call Matty Beaners? Beaners, sorry. Matt, you call him Matty Beaners? Beaners, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Beaners. Sorry, I forgot the end. Oh, God, that's fucking, that's fantastic. No, but I mean, speaking of Shane Wright, his, at the draft, like his stare down, like the two biggest things to, like, that all you hear people talk about the draft was Shane Wright's stare down to the Montreal Canadiens. And then the kid that got drafted by Arizona, whose mom and dad pretty much had like a fucking porn session in the stands. Hey, I'm a big fan of, uh, yeah, Maverick Lamaru's mom, huge fan. She's, she's a rocket, dude. Yeah, I know. I don't, I can, oh, dude, if they played a little bit of tonsil hockey like that in the stands, they must have went back to the hotel and he must have just absolutely fucking taken her to pound town and pile drive her eight feet into the bed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, That's a family joke. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) So I was going to say, all I was going to say was that Mr. Lamaru probably had a great night. I was going to say. He absolutely pile-drived her. Jesus Christ. That's imagine to do tonight. Wow. Wow. Like what? I mean, listen, they, they started in the stands and. You know, if you're a real man and your wife looks like that, you know exactly what you're doing later on in the hotel room that night. Playing checkers. Yeah, exactly. He's going <laughs> to check every fucking hole in her body. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm coming in hot. But I think Shane Wright would be <laughs> unreal in Seattle, and I think he's going to do some serious damage. Oh, absolutely. I I, I totally agree. I, I, think he, I think he probably makes the team and plays their day, uh, start of the season. Why Did wouldn't he? he? He already signed. I know, but like, did you, you know, did I mean, you hear how he signed? Juniors. Did you hear how he signed his entry level contract? <laughs> I think I saw that. Yeah, he was on the ice at development camp, and Ron Francis came out with the contract, and he signed it in front of like five thousand Kraken fans. Which is awesome. Now that's how you do it. That's how you sign a top pick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah cheering fans you have any idea how many legends wayne gretzky only had to sign did he ever get to sign a contract in front of screaming you fans hear like about that? the phone call that shane wright got from wayne gretzky yeah Wayne he actually said, called him called and said kid don't worry i didn't go first overall either if that doesn't give Dude. you a fucking chubby in your pants when the great one calls you and gives you that kind of advice not to worry about going first overall then i don't know what's wrong with you yeah I think, uh, I, you know, I also think, I think Matt, uh, Mitch Marner reached out to him too and said, it's not a big deal. You know, you're going to be a great player and uh, just get picked. That's all that if matters. You, if you want to suck, then come to Toronto and never win. <laughs> now, that Toronto, now that Toronto has no goalie. 
Yeah, I know. No, didn't yeah. Toronto take Samsonov, I thought? Samsonov and Murray, but that's, I mean, that is. Matt Murray has been healthy in fucking seven years. Murray's and the Samsonov backup. Samsonov is decent, but he's not going to take you to the promised land. You lost, Jack Campbell was your number one, and he's, I think, going to be lights out in Edmonton. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he's going to be good in Edmonton. If for nothing else, he's going to be out of the fishbowl that's Toronto. And um, he and Kyle Dubas, like, that was a real contentious negotiation. They had a they had a thing going all season. I had heard that Dubis didn't really offer him a contract. Like after some initial numbers were exchanged, they didn't they didn't talk all season. It was just it kind of got real awkward. So I, I could I wasn't surprised when Campbell left Toronto. I could see that one coming a mile away. And then of course the rumors that came out recently, I think it was today or yesterday, basically somebody bleaked it. And said uh, Austin Matthews looking forward to signing in Arizona during his next contract. Like, that I, would be I've massive. I've seen that a couple times. Thing massive. Exposable quotes of him saying he'd be open to signing in Arizona when he becomes a UFA. Kid wants to go home. Do you blame him? But does that kid deserve to go play in a college arena? No. <laughs> oh my goodness! I didn't even think about that. That's right. Wow. You just, you just hope that. Uh... They can figure out their uh, arena situation by then, which I doubt that they will, because it's because it's the Coyotes and they don't figure out anything. Let's just, um, say, let's just say Braintree High would probably have their rink built before Arizona figures out their fucking rink situation. Yeah, somebody was like, "Oh, it's like playing in uh, it's like playing in Warrior." I'm like, "Don't insult Warrior Arena like that. Warrior is way better than what those yeah. Coyotes are going to be playing in. Give me a break." I love it. That's just unbelievable right there. I think we lost Beacon. I don't know why. Oh, bummer. But I think you okay. scared him away, Clance. Oh, me? Yeah. Come on. Toughen up, guys. Jesus Christ. So the 70-pound the boxer, quick aside, the 70-pound boxer is uh, decided to get up on my recliner that I'm in right now and is right over here. That's awesome. I had to adjust my camera. My 30-pound Frenchie is up at the top of the basement stairs whining at the door. My two-pound fluffy potato pig over here is uh, enjoying a nap. <laughs> potato pig. Yeah, hey, it's a guinea pig. That's what they do. Oh, I, think oh, it's a, I thought you were it's talking a real about guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know what the hell I was talking about. I'm glad I said something. So um, the L.A. Kings are going to retire Dustin Brown's jersey on um, February 11th of 2023 next year. It's pretty awesome. Good for him. Yeah. Guy's a legend. I think they're doing a statue too for him outside the arena. I mean, yeah. he will go down as a king. Great, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it, winning it, winning a, a couple of cups, that'll do it. You know, absolutely. Really, you know, the captain and really one of the linchpins of that, uh, you know, Kings run in the mid uh, 2010s. Um, you know, you think of him down the middle with Kopitar. That was a hell of a tandem. You throwing Jeff Carter there too. What are you guys' thoughts on Giroux signing in Ottawa? I think once I saw Debrinkat get uh get traded there, which by the way, we could talk about um, you know, the new Buffalo Sabres is the Chicago Blackhawks. I think they they are they are a complete you want to talk about karma and comeuppance, but not to get off track. I think once he saw Debrinkit go there and the moves that they made. I think I think it was I think that was he saw a team on the rise and they've been steadily, you know, bringing in players and they've been steadily improving. I think, um, you know, they got Batherson, they got uh, Stutzla, they got obviously they got Brady to Chuck. Um, the only thing that they're really missing is a big name defenseman. Um, I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see if they're in on John Klingberg. Or if they, I saw too that they were trying to, uh, they're trying to trade for Jacob Chikrin. So that they're a player. They're they're they are the they are a team that the Bruins definitely need to watch out for. And if they're not careful and they get off to a slow start, um, they could be one of the teams that they're chasing. Like they're they're no longer a joke anymore. Oh yeah, no, like they're, they're going to be a tough team. Ever since they're going to be uh, a tough team. Ever since the old owner Eugene Melnick passed away, I think that's what his name was. Uh, the new management finally got to start doing things the way they wanted to do, and now you're starting to see those results. Uh, it was rumored for a long time that the guy was just not 
doing the right things with the team. And I mean, the team obviously struggled for quite some time, and now you're seeing it. I completely agree with you guys. Bruins aren't careful. They might be the basement team if they fall apart early. Hello? You know, I, I look at, you know, I made fun, you know, and here's the thing. I, I can admit when I'm wrong. Like I, last year, I kind of made fun of uh, Pierre Dorian, the GM for the Senators saying, oh, the rebuild is done. But looking at the team now, like the rebuild really is sort of done. Now, now they're loaded up and they're ready to go. And, and I think they're going to be, um, they're going to be a tough, they're going to be a tough team. I mean, I really think just about every team in the Atlantic division has gotten better. Like even the Red Wings have gotten better. Um, Red Wings going to be no joke, man. Yeah, Red Wings got seriously better like overnight. Stevie yeah, Y is a fucking genius. Yeah, I mean they they they've been steadily building a lot like the uh the uh, the Senators. So, you know, the Bruins got to be careful. They they need to get off to a good start. Welcome back. Yeah. Welcome back Beacon. What do you think about Detroit this year? I think Steve Eiserman is a little overrated. I mean, if you finish at the bottom of the league for like six, seven, eight years in a row, you're going to get a lot of draft picks that'll help you out, especially over the next couple of years. But they are building something. I do think uh, with their free agent additions, you suddenly have to add them to the playoff picks and keep your eyes peeled for them. I don't think they're a cup contender, uh, but I do uh, think they're going to be a problem uh, for a team like the Bruins who didn't really add that much because they really couldn't this offseason. Uh, Beacon, you're joining us via the fun phone. I, I just need you to know the the face that Clance just made and has continuously made since you just said that. Clance, I'm going to go ahead and unclick that leash right there. All right, buddy, there you go. Beacon, are you fucking high? In all honesty, like, overrated? Are you fucking high? If you have a bad record, you're going to get good draft picks in the NHL. Okay. And you get do, so do you expect a, a GM like him to just come in and win a Stanley Cup the first fucking year? No, it takes a couple years. Look oh, what you you're, you are fucking bamboozled right Are you leaving the bar right now? Are you fucking no. buckled? You are yeah. out of your mind to even put the word overrated in a fucking statement about Steve Eisenman. What? You finish at the bottom of the league. You get enough draft picks, you build up quick. You lose no shit, a lot. You know, it doesn't make them fucking <laughs> overrated, you meathead. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Well, you know about fucking hockey. I could fit in the end of a fucking condom. Oh, my God. Holy shit, that's funny. I love you, Pete Cobb, that was great. Clance, that was great. <laughs> it's not that hard to tank. You just got to tank, and you'll build your talent. The fuck In fact, is... I think that sometimes I wonder if the Bruins should do it. I just don't know if they'll ever go down that route because we all know they want to compete year in, year out. And whether that means they lose the first round or not, so be it. They just will not accept being a losing hockey team for a prolonged period. And I don't blame them in this market. I, I mean, you look at, like, it, the other thing, too, about it's one thing to tank. It's another thing, like, you could have a draft that absolutely has no real number one, two, or three, or, or any kind of a top five. Like you have to tank and you have to have a Nathan McKinnon, um, you know, available to you, a Gabriel Landeskog, a Miko Rantanen, a, you know, a Kale McCarr who fell to the Colorado. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that they were lucky. They definitely, like Joe Sackick did an amazing job of putting that team together and then adding the final pieces to the puzzle. But um, they were, I mean, they, it took them a long time. I could remember, seeing them, you know, watching a, a game in like 2009, maybe, eight, or maybe it was like 2011, 12, they were, there was nobody in the stands. Um, so they, they were bad for a long time and, um, you know, good for them. They took the long way and the difficult way. And, um, you know, they got a team that's loaded for years to come, but I mean, it's one thing to have to tank, but you do have to, you do have to pick the right players. I mean, you know, we, we as we've seen with this, you know, Don Sweeney, he he is not uh, not not that you're going to hit on every draft pick because more often than not you don't. But Don Sweeney's batting average, I think, is honestly below 200 on a lot of his picks. I think there's a fucking negative in front of his draft picks and his average. Well, he's that I bad. will. I, I don't try. I'm not going to try. Beacon probably thinks he's fucking better than Eisenman. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I'm a Don Sweeney defender. I will say 
it's easier to hit on a draft pick in the top five than in the top fifteen to twenty. Speakon, do you even know how long I'm Steve Eisen? Thinking- how how long do you think it should take a GM to rebuild a team? Um, I think every GM when they sign a new contract should be able to build a winning team within four to five years. They should be given okay. a leash. Exactly. And where where would you put Detroit in the rankings of NHL teams right now? Uh, middle of the pack. Middle of the pack. They're they're, they're building something, but there's That's, still a ways they, to go. So in less than three years. They've gone from the bottom of the barrel to the middle of the pack with Steve Eisenman as the GM in less than three years. And you still think he's overrated. I will put $1,000 on it right now that within the next three to four years, they will be competing for a Stanley Cup. Guaranteed. Per the legend, after Colorado wins, Detroit must win. So that's also something to keep an eye on. The prophecy, boys. The prophecy. Didn't they? Was it? Didn't they? Billy, kind of, Billy Huso. Huso from St. Louis. Yeah, they got, I mean, they got a, I mean, David Perron, that's a sneaky, uh, underrated good move. Uh, they got Kubalik again because, you know, the Blackhawks were literally just selling players for nothing. They got Andrew Kopp. They did sign Kopp, got a big ticket, but, um, you know, they, they're going to be a, they're going to be a team to, uh, to be reckoned with. I don't love the Ben Sherratt contract, but, I mean, they, they got some. I think Ben Sherratt and Sides are playing together. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Sider makes it. Sider makes that happen. <laughs> he just won the Rookie of the Year. I yeah, guarantee he's, awesome. he's in. A, he's in the running for the Norris next year. Yeah, I saw him make a hit early this year. I forget who it was on. Somebody from the Flyers. I mean, he literally just eliminated this kid from the play. Squashed him. Like it was, it was like Pronger, Rob Blake esque. I mean, it was impressive. He's a man child out there. Yeah, I know. He's only, he's only going to get better. Yeah, uh, it's gonna. You know, they're gonna be a they're gonna be a team to be reckoned with. Like, you know, I I think you know I find it funny though a lot of like you, you go on like Bru- like Twitter and, and some of the some of the Bruins fans who like who just like laugh at like these other teams like. Like, oh, what what is uh what do the senators think they're doing getting to brink at? Oh, what are the what do the Red Wings think they're doing by signing Perron and, and, and Andrew Kopp? I'm like, they're they're making moves because they have cap space and their team now is coming out of the rebuild and they want to compete. And um I don't think it's a I don't think it's a lock that the Bruins make the playoffs. Like I I, I think it's a coin flip right now. I think if they do get in. I think they'll be the wild card and they'll be like sometimes some years there's like five teams that come out of a division. I think they would be like the fifth team to come out of the Atlantic if they do. Like, I don't think it's a guarantee. Like, and here's my thing, guys. Bergeron's a year older. It's not like his role is decreasing that they have a number one center like an Aho or Barzell that go and take those big minutes. You're good. You still have to have Bergeron at 30, 100, you know, 350 years old, be the bumper on the power play, play in every situation, kill penalties, be out there at the end of the game. Like he's not getting the premium matchups like an older center is like a Claude Giroux. Like he's still playing all those hard minutes. And the same thing goes if they bring Krejci back. Like David Krejci is still going to play high stress, high, t- you know, impact minutes. And he played a 45, 50 game season last year. And I just don't know how these guys are going to hold up over a full 82 game season in this division. It's going to be tough. There's no easy way to say it. I mean, everybody has gotten significantly better and the Bruins are still where they are last year. You can't even put their names in the equation right now for any type of success this upcoming season because they're not even signed. Yeah. Beacon, I wanted to ask you this question. What is... Are they awesome, Steve Eisen? No, be gone. Are they? <laughs> I mean, I've gone back and forth on this, and we talked about this before. But are they waiting for? Are they trying to move money out, or are they just waiting for Bergeron and Krejci to make up their minds? Like, are they trying to trade like, uh, you know, Mike Riley for a fourth round pick and buy out Felino? Like, what is what is the holdup here? I get the sense that their whole offseason hinges on whether uh, Therese Bergeron and uh, David Krejci come back. If they do, then everything else will take care of itself real quick. 
That seems to be the only thing they're waiting on. Seems like the, uh, Montgomery's been in constant communication with Fergie and uh, for the most part over the last couple of weeks. It's just about figuring out some details on that. And, uh, and if they end up bringing those two guys back, to your original point. I think they are a lot to make the playoffs. Do I think they're going to compete for anything, though? No, I, I think they're going to lose in the first or second round, just like this past year. I, I don't see anything different happening because the rest of the NHL got better and they went sideways. They just kind of stayed right where they were in limbo. So I, I just me, think uh, they're too what, good of a team to miss the playoffs, but they're not bad enough where they can uh, go into a rebuild. It's, it's the worst place to be. Yeah, Outside but, the NBA, yeah. the middle of the NHL is the worst to be in mediocrity. But you have to look at it, too. I don't I don't see them being a lock to make the playoffs, even if Bergeron and Krejci sign, because you're still missing Marshawn for six months and you're missing McAvoy for six months. So your top producing forward versus your top defenseman. Those are two massive holes. Yeah. So you're you're automatically right there, you're 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 taking thirty plus goals off the board without Marshawn. Trying to figure out how you're going to fill 28 plus minutes a game with McAvoy. Who, I mean, who are you going to put out there? Grizzly? No, wait, he's out for six months too. Like, I just don't see bringing those two in making it a lock for them to make the playoffs. The only reason I say that is because I've seen worse versions of this Bruins team creep into the playoffs as one of those last seasons. I still look at them as a team that is in the middle to lower tier of playoff contenders in the Eastern Conference. I just think they're, they are a lock if Bergeron and Krejci come back. Cause I just think uh, they'll be too talented. Now let's say those two don't come back. Oh yeah. Then, then it's definitely no lock. Then you're screwed. Yeah. They were probably, they're going to be probably drafted in the top 10 if that's the case. Yeah, for sure. I don't see them winning anything. If those two don't come back, then you're poor. You're looking at the worst season in about a decade or so. We're talking like, not, those, those two coming back is not going to make our season. It's just no, not. No, it's not. I, it's just kicking the can down the road. What but, I'm saying but, is but that team is not going to make it over the line to go to the playoffs with those two. I think because they will, just I don't by think by virtue of having those two there. So then let me ask you this. you got Bergeron back as your first center, right? Who's he played with his entire career? On the wing. Uh, that would be Marshy for the most part. Who's going to be out six months? That would be his guy, Marshy. Exactly. So who, who are you going to put on the first line to replace Marshy that Bergeron can feed the puck to to give, get 30-plus goals until Marshy comes back? I, I, I just think they, they have the depth to overcome it. I just think they're a deeper NHL team than most of the scrubs behind them. I just don't see them missing the playoffs. Like, I just I don't see it I think their defense core – without McAvoy is a little gnarly. Like, I mean, if you, and I'm not in a good way. I mean, if you go through it right now, like who's their top pair, Lindholm and Carlo? I don't love it. Because um, Lindholm is still looking for his fucking brain on Mars. I mean, that yeah, was I don't a feel CTE good about that. Gener- that was a CTE generating hit by Svechnikov. No, no joke. And here's the other thing. We've seen players get head injuries, Brandon Carlo, who have not been the same players coming off that said head injury. So that's something you definitely really have to watch for. My my thing is, is that, you know, you're going to need guys on the back end to play big minutes that we're not sure or we don't think are capable of it. Like when Forbert was paired with McAvoy, that wasn't really a great pairing with uh, with Forbert. He kind of got exposed a little. He's good on the third pair with Clifton but he's probably going to have to play more minutes. I mean, Jakob Zaboral is going to have to parachute right in off an ACL and play 19 or 20 minutes. Not going to happen. I guarantee he starts the season in the AHL. If I were to spoil the Bruins 2023-24 season, it would basically go like this. They're going to struggle. They're going to be about a 400 to 500 team the first half of the season while they wait for uh, their guys McAvoy and Marshan to come back. They will come back. They'll go on a little bit of a streak around the all-star break. They'll be in contention. They'll sneak into one of those last wild card slots. And then they'll get knocked out by a juggernaut in the first round. And then Bergeron retires next year and Krejci calls it quits as well. And then you're back to square one. That's how I see things playing out. I think that's a one-way deal. I think I agree with you, Beacon, but I think that's a one-way deal Zaboral signed. I don't even think you could send him to the AHL. You can send him down from conditioning stint. You have to put him on waivers. Well, I... Well, maybe no one will claim him. But here, 
He, with minus McAvoy, here's their decor right now that's on it listed at the AHL level. Lindholm, Carlo, Grizzlick's injured. Forget him for like the first three months. So it's Lindholm, Carlo, Forbert, Riley, Zaboral, Clifton. And that's only five guys, right? Or is that six? I mean, either way, like that's not that's not great. That's not like, a, the NHL lineup you want to walk into with. No, and that's why I'm very concerned about the first 20 games. Like the first 20 games – you you don't you're obviously you're not going to win the cup in the first 20 games but you you know you certainly could lose it if you start 5 and 15 and you're chasing teams in this division so um i mean it, it's they're definitely not in a not in a great spot i mean the, you know you got to hope that even if like like you said even if Bergeron and Krejci sign i mean they're kicking the can down the road here and and here's the elephant in the room that i'm just going to address again Every three or four podcasts, I sound like a broken record. But if they drafted well in 2015, you have a core coming up that could supplement the guys aging out. So instead of DeBrusque, who's like a half a player, really, I mean, or who's not, the, uh, you could certainly get better players than at that spot than where he was drafted. But if it's DeBrusque, Shabbat, and Barzell, or Barzell, um, you just go down, just any number of guys like Chernak was in that draft. Like, there's your core with McAvoy, with Pasternak. There's your core for the neck with Coil for the next seven years. That's Instead, big. it's McAvoy, Pasternak, Swayman, obviously. And you know, Swayman is, is I think their goaltending situation is fine. We haven't even brought it up. I think that's the one spot they really don't have to worry about. But there's your core. That's why 2015 is such an epic screw up. Yep. Well, on that I never, note, I, I never knew that. I, I never knew that 2015 was. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Who no, knew? Who ever knew? I mean, everybody looks at it, but no matter how many different ways you slice it up, it was such an epic fuck up. Like, it such, really was. It, it was. It was. Here's like, here's my thing about Crossing this, like, the cup in 2019, too. Everybody just needs to fucking forget about 2015 because it, it, was, it was fucking seven years ago. If, if it haunts you fucking in your sleep, then you should probably go see a therapist. But here's, here's my issue with what everyone keeps saying is everyone's hopping on all the guys that are out hurt right now, all the guys that are not signed. How about you focus on the guys that are actually going to be in the lineup playing and give some feedback on what you think they're going to do to help this team, seeing how Beacon thinks the fucking golden to Bergeron and Krejcik are going to come back and fucking take us to the promised land. Um <laughs> So if like, by promised land, you mean the first round of the playoffs and then an exit, then yes, I do believe they will make, take it. What is it about those two that literally makes you think that if those two sign, they're going to go to the playoffs? What is it? I, I think, listen, me, I sense a Causeway Kings wager coming here. There's going to be something. Be kind, your response. A, I already put a thousand bucks down. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Like, it's a, it's a fait accompli. What, That's just my what, 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 putting those two back in the lineup, what does that – tell me what that does to make – makes you think they're going to go to the playoffs because they'll be just good enough to squeak into one of those last spots i don't see them falling behind any of the teams that were chasing them last year i just don't disagree strongly disagree I mean, verify get some odds on this i i, I think we're did. also i said a thousand dollars odds like i'm talking about like i'm looking at like vegas odds like trying to but trying to come up with it. But I mean, you also got to think too, like the Metropolitan Division, you know, they've got some teams like Carolina, I feel like is going to be right there again. You get the Rangers there, Pittsburgh, you know, they're older. You know, I think their window is more or less closed, but you never know. Those are three teams right there. You know, Columbus is going to be probably contended for the playoffs. Like it's, uh, I mean, I'm, who am I forgetting? Oh, the Islanders. I think. The, the Islanders are going to be a contender just for the fact that everyone forgets that they played like their first 16 games on the road. Like you remember their arena wasn't even ready to go last year. And then they got decimated by COVID. Like the Islanders are going to be a lot better. And if they get Kadri, they're probably a playoff team. Like it's, it's, it's going to be an absolute battle in the Eastern conference for a playoff spot. And I, which yeah, is why the Bruins are not going to make it. All right. All right, kids, simmer down. We're gonna uh, we're we're gonna well you don't want to know what I think but uh, you guys are hitting the nail on the head here and uh, I'm torn between the two uh, the two frames of mind here honestly but 
I'm also the kind of guy that's just going to sit back, watch a hockey game, and see what happens game in and game out. I don't like to make too many crazy decisions before I even see the horse in the uniform. The Uh, the one word that was on repeat that entire conversation was if, if, if. So many ifs. If Krejci signs. If McAvoy comes back healthy. If It's always if. It's all what if, what if. How about we just focus on the guarantee guys that we have in the lineup to play and not fucking wait for the, the two right. golden green right. I agree. To sign. I you agree. know what? You're right. Let's talk about Nick Felino. Let, let's talk about it. All right. He's going to do a we... Club for Men commercial. <laughs> Hair Club for Men, you say. Interesting. Before... <laughs> Before, oh my God. before we say that, Beacon's got to jump. So, buddy, final thoughts from you, and then you can uh, run oh, on and have man. a good night, buddy. Go ahead. Well, I think it's going to be an interesting season now Now that we uh, are going to be debating whether the Bees are going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So make it fun. It'll be make it more fun because we know they're not, not going to compete for the Cup this year unless something crazy happens, like a massive blockbuster comes from this guy in the next three to four weeks or so. Uh, but we'll see if that develops. In the meantime, I think they're uh, – a playoff team, but I don't think they're going to compete for a cup. I just think they're going to be out in the first round, and you'll just have to hope they tread water until McAvoy and Martian comes back, uh, come back, and then hopefully you'll get somewhat of a hockey season. Strong well, words let, from Beacon. Before we let Beacon go, Beacon, let's get a wager going on this then. I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> I am too. I have a, a, I have a wife and two and a half kids. And you're betting the baby's milk money? What are you doing? All right, then right. fine. Jesus we 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 won't do a thousand bucks. Let's do a dinner. Fifty bucks or a hundred bucks. How about a steak or dinner? dinner. Yeah, How about whatever. a steak dinner? Dinner okay. at uh, we'll go to the hilltop. <laughs> yeah, actually, let's do that. <laughs> it sounds pretty good. <laughs> Take a trip back in time. Go to Jimmy's Steer about, House up in the Route One. There we go. Uh, how about a round of beers at? Uh, let's see, what's a good place for a cold beer? Actually, I'm a big fan of the that. ice, the frosty mugs from the 99. Yeah, that's what I'm talking Apple. about. Walking right. for uh, round, 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 round of drinks. If the if the Bruins make the playoffs, I owe you a round of drinks at the 99 in Weymouth. The Bruins, when the Bruins don't make the playoffs, uh, you owe me a round of drinks at the 99 in Weymouth. That works for me. And I don't do the small cups. I do the big ones, just to let you know. He That's wants the big boy I, cups. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> All right, guys. It was great hopping on the podcast, as always. I got to jump. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, be be Later, be good. Be after safe. this season, I think we're all going to need a drink. Yeah, I think we're going to need a drink pre, post, during, and all that other jazz in and between. After we go to the playoffs, we're definitely going to need a drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. Final thoughts as we move along through Causeway Kings here. And uh, it's been a wild episode. There's been a lot going on here. Uh, we've covered a lot. Oh, uh, actually, no, we'll save that for another time. This has been wild. Final thoughts, Marshall, since you got a million thoughts per second, let's hear you first. Yeah, well, um, you know, we're we're just in this holding pattern right now for Bergeron and um, see if Krejci comes back because Bergeron signs. I think he's definitely waiting on Bergeron to make a decision. And, um you know, right now we're just in we're just in limo. And the other thing we didn't even we didn't even talk about. Um, but we could save it for the next episode because, uh, um, you know, Don Sweeney was uh, very uh, dinkish to Ty Anderson. But, you know, the David Pasternak negotiations are sitting out there as well. I think we all have a pretty good idea of what that contract is going to look like now that we saw the Gaudreau and Kachuk contracts. I, I think Pasternak is a better pure goal scorer than both those guys. Um, obviously, they bring different things to the table. Um but, you know, I think it's going to be, in, in the words of, uh, you know, um, Adam, uh, it's going to be interesting, Clancy. It's going to be interesting. I think we're going to see how the, the Pasternak contracts shake out, uh, negotiations. I, I, would be very, I would be very leery. If they go into the training camp and he's still not signed, I think that's a real bad sign. If you want something to watch for outside of the Bergeron and Krejci thing, which I'm actually sick of talking about, kind of. The, the Pasternak one is definitely one worth watching um, because they cannot, in my opinion, do what the Flames did and just let Johnny Gaudreau walk. Still a different situation. The Flames were contending, uh, and everybody kind of thought that Johnny Gaudreau was going to resign there. But if they don't, 
if if they give them their best offer, give Pasternak his the best offer, whatever that is, and he still doesn't sign it, they're gonna have to move him. So I'll leave it. I'll leave it there. Nope, I agree. I think they need to focus on getting him signed. I think they need to focus on getting Pasta signed instead of Bergeron and Krejci. To be hundred percent agree. Totally. Like, who gives a fuck, dude? They're both like 49 years old. They've had great NHL careers. Just let them go. Like, they're not going to bring us to the promised land. Like, it'd be one thing if, like, we were a cup contender and we lost in, like, the semis of the Eastern Conference Finals or something like that. Like, or we lost in the cup finals. Like, hey, let's give it one more kick of the can. Like, we got knocked out in the first fucking round. Don't you almost feel like it's pathetic? Like, like we're begging we're begging him to like he's trying he's going to be doing us a favor like i i feel like we're like the little kid who's like dad's going off to work and we're like holding him by the leg like please don't go please yeah. don't go it's pathetic it is it really is i mean i don't know there's really not a lot of hope in coming uh coming out of my thoughts for them this upcoming season but I'm excited to see what Kachuk does in Florida. I'm excited to see what Goudreau does in Columbus. Um, yeah, that, those are my final thoughts. Yeah, I, I just wonder with Goudreau going there now, if that's going to uh, awaken Patrick Line and he's going to be the 44-goal guy we saw. Uh, Could be. Could be, because I want to say Goudreau had like 75 assists last season. Yeah, something crazy like that. You know, Columbus contending and – you know, Patrick Lyonet strutting in with the turtleneck again, you know, scoring, you know, 40 goals. I want to see it. I, I want to see old school Lyonet again. We'll see. Might have your wish. We'll just have to stay tuned and find out. Boys, it's been a fun return, and I'm glad we got a chance to return to Causeway Kings. I had to do that at least once. Anyway, appreciate you boys as always, and on behalf of Beacon. Marshall and Clancy, as well as BJ, Brian Johnston, and Chiggs, to whatever degree that's left. Folks, always a pleasure to have you on the WWX Sports Podcast Network. Until next time, let's do it together, boys. Let's, let's go, go. Beans.